I was born in Republic Democratic of Congo, especially in Africa. When I was young, this wonderful country was peaceful. But a few years after my marriage, the war started. It's really a special story. When the war started, it involved civil war, trouble conflict, different group army competing for land control. And as a consequence, they are killing innocent people. Gang rape, the security, the terror. They are kidnapping people. And we live in this kind of circumstances. When it gets worse, the church group has organized a meeting so we can discuss about it. My husband and I have attended that meeting. That was really condemned by the government official, and uh, we have been targeted. So we fled Congo to Cameroon by boat and feed. And in Cameroon, we thought that, yes, so here we will have a better life, because now we, will, we are not living anymore in Congo. So in Cameroon, we went to register to UNHCR. And they told us that there is no camp for the refugee. We need to feed for ourselves. So we have been renting a small house. We have one toilet, external toilet, for 51 people. Can you imagine? I have three kids, young kids, going to external toilet with sharing with 51 people. But we couldn't do anything. I remember we tried to find a job, but there was none. And on the top of that, the local people didn't accept us. We have been accused to increase the price of food just by our presence. It was really sad see my life change in one day. And I remember again going to late market, buying written food covered by fly only because it's cheaper. I couldn't afford the food for my kids. We have been reduced to begging so I can feed my kids. And sometimes we didn't have food. I remember after three days without food, my daughter, four years daughter, come and ask me, and I look at her and say, yeah, just take water. There is nothing. Can you imagine be a parent, be a mom, looking at your little daughter and tell her that there is no food? I was reduced to crying, hopeless. And I remember one day, my neighbor, my neighbor cooked food and 
put food in one plate for five people. My husband and I and our three children. We look at the food we couldn't eat. We think about our kids. We give to them. We just take water. I remember crying every night. I see how my family are so smart. I see my kids, they are so smart. My husband smart. But we didn't have opportunities. It looked like the door was closed for us. I feel like we have been rejected by the community. During my time, whatever what I've been going through, I was spending my time to support the community by counseling, meditating, supporting them. But my lowest point as a refugee was when I found that I have pregnant. Can you think having this kind of life and find yourself having a pregnant? I cry because I couldn't take care of what I have. Now I had more. So how can I take care of my baby? It was really hard. So I went to depression, to stress to depression, crying. See all of the door open, uh, close. But one day, I didn't talk to anyone about my pregnancy, only my husband. But one day, my husband received a call. And when he received a call, they asked him if Karin is his wife. And he said yes. And uh, the UNC has said, can you please bring the Karin tomorrow? And when he came to talk to me about it, and I just looked at myself, I said, why? Why they are calling me? And he said to me, I don't know. I said, I'm not really sure because during that time, we have like a refugee protest in Cameroon. And for me, it was like they have listed my name. I'm on these people who are doing this bad stuff. And I was like, really get angry. I said, I don't want to involve on this kind of uh, behavior. Why they have listed my name? And my husband just encouraged me, just go. Because they want to see you, let's go. When I went there, sitting in the waiting room, I saw a beautiful woman, professional woman, a white lady, coming and uh, help us to go to the office. When I went there, we went there with my husband sitting up, and uh, the lady looked at me. When she looked at me, she said, in Australia way, are you Karen? You know the Australian people like to double check the identity if they are talking to the right people? They always keep asking questions to make sure that it's you. And me, I was just sitting there looking at her, what she's calling me in my mind. And she keep asking, are you Karen? I said, yes, I am. And she told me, she asked me again the second question because Australian people, they don't stop, by, stop on the first question. They have a lot of questions just to make sure. I remember one of the questions she asked me was, have you two months pregnant? I said, huh? Because it was secret for me and uh, someone is asking me that question and I just look at her and say, hmm? I say, yeah, yeah, you know, 
you, you are not really sure. I said, yeah. And she looked at me. She presented, yes, she told me a name, but I didn't have time to keep that name in my mind because I was more concerned about how she knew that I was pregnant. So it was my concern. And she, she said to me, you are lucky. Oh, can you imagine? Someone who doesn't have food. Someone who is a refugee. And the white lady come up in Africa and said to that lady that you are lucky woman. And I'm is confused. Because it doesn't match for what I've been going through. And she said to me, and the baby you have is lucky. I said, wow. I remember but that I didn't have money. You know? I don't have money to take care of my baby. But she kept telling me that the opposite. And I was just, wow. And uh, she continued to explain to me that, look, I am Australian. I'm working in Geneva. It's the first time that Australia has decided to take refugee from Cameroon. And when I came here, they have provided me with all of the fire for the refugees. But, but going through all of the fire, when I opened yours, I was really touched by your fire. And I was looking at her and I said, what? It looked like what she was talking, I couldn't put that in my mind. And she told me that she was really touched by my fire. And she said to me, I want you to come to Australia so you can help us with migrants and the refugee issues there. I know you can help us. You are the right person. You can help us. Come and support us there. And in my mind, I say, how did she know that I'm taking care of people? I like to support people. How did she know about it? So it looked like, like she, she, she knows me. And I was keep thinking. And she told me, don't worry. You are the first family that I have selected. So after six months, you'll be in Australia because I want you to give birth in Australia. It was like a dream. Can you imagine? from darkness to light, from door closed to door open. And it was like, wow. I was so excited and I couldn't think about asking, asking, asking uh, her again your name. Because I was now, now thinking about Australia. Yeah, I'll look at the world map, you know? I'm thinking, so lots of thought in my mind. And she left. I went back so excited. I said, yes, we get it. But tomorrow when I wake up, I say, oh, I should ask her your name. I forget about it. And waiting now for six months, you will see the way I was behaving myself. I was seeing myself in Australia already without knowing Australia. Seeing myself free so I can do what I want. But one day they call us that I couldn't make it. Why? Because of the paperwork. It didn't work the way they have planned. And also, I have six months pregnant. I couldn't fly with that pregnant. I stay again for, in Cameroon. So for me, it was like a dream vanish. I stay again in Cameroon. Hoping that one day my life will change.
But one day, I, I, when I give birth, two days after, my husband Costa received a call from the immigration department and they have asked him if Karin give birth. And he said, yes, they said, just take the photo of the child and send to us for the paperwork. For me, it was like I'm going tomorrow. So I couldn't wait. You know, when you are living in this kind of circumstance, you don't want to wait. For you, it's just about to go. I want to go. I want to leave. So we wait again for six months. After six months, when they call us to tell us that, yes, you need to send the paperwork. When we went there, trust me, for me, it was like dream becoming true. Going to the fly. And let me tell you something. I travel like a queen. <laughs> this is my story. I sleep in five stars hotel. No lucky refugee. And look at me. I was pretending. You know when you see the movie? You know the, the, the movie? This kind of hotel you can see only on the TV. It's this kind of hotel that I was sleeping. I forget about my small house. So I was pretending playing in the movie. Myself. Having my own toilet. It's not about 15 people. 51 people. No, my own. Jumping, dancing. So I was so happy. Whoa! Don't talk about food. For food? Whoa! I was sleeping three days without food, but now it was my first time to see food on the table. I call that table. Lot of food on the table. So we really enjoy our travel. But when we came here in Australia after three days of travel, we also received a warm welcome, warm welcome. And because I didn't know English, I went to AMAP. I started for certificate one in English. And certificate three in English, I went to business. I started certificate two, three, four, and diploma in business administration. When I finished from there, I went to do certificate four in training and assessment. That really helped me to be a lecturer at uni. And I also did my bachelor degree in management and HR. So, thank you. So, when I look back, trust me, who is that woman? Because my life has been changed now. And when I look at my kids, I've been crying every night. I can see my first boy. He's doing university now. He will finish next year in chemical engineering. My second boy is doing university also, software engineer. My little one, the one the, the, my little girl, the one four years, who was asking me for the food. Now she has been admitted in... Uh, in a special center, center of excellence, because she wants to become a neosedral here in Australia. My husband finished bachelor degree like myself. We bought our own house. Look at me. I'm looking for that woman. For me standing up in this place is just say thank you so much for Australia. I'm giving back to Australia. He really opened the door for me. 
That's why I keep looking for that woman. This is my obsession to find that woman who has changed my life. That woman who saw my potential before myself. So I can just hug her and say, thank you so much. Your decision has not just changed myself. Now I have been a productive member of the community. So thank you so much, Australia. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>